the diamond I Empathy Museum presents A Mile in My Shoes. These shoes are a pair of heels with a pointed toe. They're white and black and have a very small, dainty little bow at the front of the shoe with cutouts at the side. These shoes belong to Margaret Ross. This is her story. I'm Margaret Ross. I'm Emeritus Professor from Solent University. I was a Londoner, but I always, as a child, used to come down to the New Forest. So that I was going to school in London, but actually spent just about most of all my holidays in the New Forest riding ponies. So we used to go down and you'd actually ride officially for an hour, but it used to help and brush the ponies down and all the usual things that you'd do. So first thing in the morning, you'd go down with a whole lot of halters and you'd catch the ponies from the field and you'd actually catch them and you'd ride them back, bareback. None of the health and safety that you use riding now with all the safety things and the hats. We just sort of hop on bareback just with a halter and you'd probably be leading a pony or a horse on either side of you and you'd be sort of riding back along the roads to bring the horses in and you'd do the same thing at night. And it was marvellous. It was a wonderful, wonderful childhood and I loved riding and I loved in the New Forest. So I started working in London. I was originally, I was a mathematician. So my degrees were mathematics and because I always quite liked figures and playing around with numbers and that sort of thing. And it was great, but I didn't know whether I wanted to go into teaching or into aerodynamics. So for a while I followed both lines and I went into teaching and I enjoyed doing the teaching very much. And I was teaching mathematics. The guy was in charge of the computing. He knew I was interested in computing and I used to help with all the sort of the local schools etc so he said well you know I think when they had this new appraisal we'll swap you over you're in charge of the computing now and the other guy was actually in charge of the the math section so it was you know and that got me into computing and then I came down here for a job and one of the attractions to coming down here was my horse would love it and in fact he did love it and it was a little bit tricky when I was interviewed for the job because what was your main reason for coming down here? Well, part of the main reasons I wanted to work at Solent University, but the other reason I wanted to come here, which I didn't actually mention in the interview, that my horse wouldn't have come down here. And I thought maybe that was not the best thing to mention in the interview. So I had a wonderful career at Solent University. When I first started, we were using punch cards and then we moved on to paper tape. So we're going back quite a long time back. And I do remember they were sort of saying, well, we don't need many computers because, you know, the world won't need many at all. And the idea of actually having a sort of PC at home was totally impossible. You just couldn't do it. The students used to actually type out their cards punch cards, put them in and they'd leave them and they'd actually get, they'd run them overnight and then they'd get the results the next day. Uh, this was, this was quite good. Uh, we did find sometimes that one or two of the best students, their work took two days to come through. And this was a bit odd until we found actually that one or two of the students actually had this habit of going to collect the punch, a set of punch cards, take out the name, put their name in <laughs> and run them again. But we soon picked this up and stopped that. But I've been very, very lucky with a career and I've been through research with the university. I've had lovely trips to all sorts of wonderful countries, including a lovely sort of stay in Australia, working with some universities out there, which was great fun. We are desperately, desperately short of technologists. I mean, at the moment, the only way that we could actually get a lot of the people that we need and we need even more in the future, we'll actually bring them in from other countries, which is a shame, really, because they're fantastic careers, uh, very well paid, 
well, maybe not in education, <laughs> but in industry, exceptionally well paid, um, and uh, opportunity to become multimillionaires like Bill Gates. And so there's lots of opportunities for youngsters, but they don't see it as a career. Now, one of the things that um, I'm very, very keen on doing is try to actually make them aware of it. Now, with uh, originally, the term computer wasn't actually a machine, it was a person. And it was a person that did actually the calculations. And then at the early days, were actually programming in the computers. And we're talking during actually the Second World War. I was born after the Second World War. But at that stage, Bletchley Park and all the sort of the ways of actually trying to break the codes, etc., they were all actually done by the computers. And all the actual technical work was done by the girls. So it was a woman's work. Uh, once the war was over, it became an, a men's job, which was a bit sad, really. One of the other things when we're talking about sort of the technology and something else that, uh, able to start at Solent University was the European Computer Driving Licence. So we started this and the uh, UK was about a year behind some of the other countries in Europe. But it was a serious little test and it was designed for people that didn't know anything about computing to get them into it, get them to search, to use, search the Internet, be able to send emails, you know, send Word documents and uh, set up little databases, etc. Uh, there was a series of these tests. So, in fact, the first student and in fact, he was first one to complete successfully in the whole of the UK. Um, he was with us at Solent, but his previous job, he'd worked as a stock control clerk in Southampton. And, you know, he'd actually left school as soon as possible, you know, sort of 16, basically no qualifications. And he was he was great. He's very enthusiastic. He really took to this. So he went through, passed all the tests, was the first in the UK. He then went through the British Computer Society uh, distance learning tests. We used to run some distance learning courses for those and some attending evening classes. He went right through this. It changed his career completely. He worked in the computing industry and he's now pretty well retired almost, but he was a top European consultant in computing. And it all started from being the first to take European computer driving license. And there was another family. It was a father, mother, some twin sons, and they were just actually sort of starting a university course. In fact, actually at Solent and uh, the younger son, which was just doing his sort of O-levels. And they went through the tests and they were doing the tests all at the same time. So that all five of them were taking their test. And I was terrified. I was more scared than they were because I wanted them all to complete at the same time. So there was me biting my fingernails and I was biting my toenails with excitement, you know. And, you know, when it came to sort of checking that they all passed and they all passed together, which was fabulous. And they started a new business as a result of it. And that was actually in Southampton to provide, um, if you've got sort of special friends or something going on uh, to some of the cruise liners, they would actually arrange for flowers and chocolates and everything else to so they started their new business based in Southampton as a result of actually successfully going through the European Computer Driving Licence. As well as being involved with the British Computer Society, I was also for 15 years chair for the British Horse Society for the Southampton area and used to organise sponsored rides. It was the Queen Elizabeth Country Park and always used to have both disabled and able-bodied going around on the same rides because a great believer in having them all together. And everybody that took part, regardless of what you actually collect in your sponsorship, had these lovely big fancy rosettes. And each year we had different colored rosettes. So people were busy collecting them. And this was wonderful for the children, particularly for the disabled as well, because they were competing equally to everybody. And this was wonderful. So I did this regularly. And 
One of the other things that we were doing, we decided we wanted to do something special for Silver Jubilee. And at that stage, Southampton hadn't got any plans whatsoever. So we came up with a first plan for something to happen for the Queen's Silver Jubilee. Eventually, there was lots of other things going on in Southampton, but we were the first. And we organised a sponsored ride round Lord's Hill. And this was going to be great. Again, children, adults, able-bodied, disabled, all together. And it was a wonderful celebration of a silver jubilee for the Queen. So, you know, I've had a, a lot of fun riding in the forest, helping to organise things with the British Horse Society and also a wonderful time at Solent University. Margaret's story was produced by Richard Latto. Her shoes are part of a growing collection of footwear hosted by the Empathy Museum's A Mile In My Shoes exhibition. The shoes and stories come from all over the world. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram to find out where we are going next.